Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Greg Whiting, reading from the One Year Chronological Bible, and today's reading is for April 4th. Jephthah's Vow, Judges 11, 29-40. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh, passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from there he advanced against the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord, If you give the Ammonites into my hands, whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's, and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. Then Jephthah went over to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gave them into his hands. He devastated twenty towns from Arar to the vicinity of Mineth, as far as Abel Kiriam. Thus Israel subdued Ammon. When Jephthah returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter, dancing to the sound of timbrels? She was an only child. Except for her, he had neither son nor daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and cried, Oh no, my daughter, you have brought me down and I am devastated. I have made a vow to the Lord that I cannot break. My father, she replied, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me just as you promised. Now that the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the Ammonites. But grant me this one request, she said. Give me two months to roam the hills and weep with my friends, because I will never marry. You may go, he said, and he let her go for two months. She and her friends went into the hills and wept because she would never marry. After the two months, she returned to her father, and he did to her as he had vowed, and she was a virgin. From this time, the Israelite tradition that each year the young women of Israel go out for four days to commemorate the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. I mean, what a what a crazy, strange, sad story, right? I mean, what, what do we do with that? Ephraim fights with Jephthah, Judges 12, 1 to 7. The Ephraimite forces were called out and they crossed over to Zaphon. They said to Jephthah, why did you go to fight the Ammonites without calling us to go with you? We're going to burn down your house over your head. Jephthah answered, I and my people were engaged in a great struggle with the Ammonites. And although I called, you didn't save me out of their hands. When I saw you wouldn't help, I took my life in my hands and crossed over to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gave me the victory over them. Now why have you come up today to fight me? Jephthah then called together the men of Gilead and fought against Ephraim. The Gileadites struck them down because the Ephraimites had said, You Gileadites are renegades from Ephraim and Manasseh. The Gileadites captured the fords of the Jordan leading to Ephraim, and whenever a survivor of Ephraim said, Let me cross over, the men of Gilead asked him, Are you an Ephraimite? If he replied no, they said, all right, say Shibboleth. If he said Shibboleth, because he could not pronounce the word correctly, they seized him and killed him at the fords of the Jordan. 42,000 Ephraimites were killed at that time. Jephthah led Israel six years. Then Jephthah the Gileadite died and was buried in a town in Gilead. Isbon becomes Israel's judge. Judges 12, 8 to 10. After him, Ibzon of Bethlehem led Israel. He had 30 sons and 30 daughters. He gave his daughters away in marriage to those outside his clan, and for his sons he brought in 30 young women as wives from outside his clan. Ibzon led Israel seven years. Then Ibzon died and was buried in Bethlehem. Elon becomes Israel's judge, Judges 12, 11, and 12. After him, Elon the Zebulonite led Israel 10 years. Then Elon died and was buried in Ajalon in the land of Zebulun. Abdon becomes Israel's judge, Judges 12, 13, and 15. After him, Abdon, son of Hillel from Parathon, led Israel. He had 40 sons and 30 grandsons who rode on 70 donkeys. He led Israel eight years. Then Abdon, son of Hillel, died and was buried in Parathon in Ephraim in the hill country of the Malachites. 
The birth of Samson. Judges 13, 1 to 25. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine nor other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name, but he said to me, You will become pregnant and have a son. Now then drink no wine or other fermented drink and do not eat anything unclean, because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. God heard Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field, but her husband Manoah was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, He's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, Are you the man who talked to my wife? I am, he said. So Manoah asked him, When your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule that governs the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, Your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, or eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, We would like you to stay until we prepare a young goat for you. The angel of the Lord replied, Even though you detain me, I will not eat any of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. Manoah did not realize it was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, What is your name? So that we may honor you when your word comes true. He replied, Why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. Then Manoah took a young goat together with the grain offering and sacrificed it on a rock to the Lord. And the Lord did an amazing thing while Manoah and his wife watched. As the flame blazed up from the altar toward heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell with their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord did not show himself again to Manoah and his wife, Manoah realized that it was the angel of the Lord. We are doomed to die, he said to his wife. We have seen God. But his wife answered, If the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and grain offering from our hands, nor shown us all these things, or now told us this. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Mahena Dan between Zorah and Eshtel. Samson's Riddle, Judges 14, 1-20. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines, for at that time they were ruling over Israel. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, as he might have torn a young goat. 
But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass, and in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they ate it too. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Now his father went down to see the woman, and there Samson held a feast, as was customary for young men. When the people saw him, they chose thirty men to be his companions. Let me tell you a riddle, Samson said to them. If you can give me the answer within the seven days of the feast, I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty sets of clothes. If you can't tell me the answer, you must give me thirty linen garments and thirty sets of clothes. Tell us your riddle, they said. Let's hear it. He replied, Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. For three days, they could not give the answer. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, Coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us, or we will burn you and your father's household to death. Did you invite us here to steal our property? Then Samson's wife threw herself on him, sobbing, You hate me. You don't really love me. You've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even explained it to my father or mother, he replied, so why should I explain it to you? She cried the whole seven days of the feast. So on the seventh day, he finally told her because he continued. she continued to press him. She, in turn, explained the riddle to her people. Before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down thirty of their men, stripped them of everything, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he returned to his father's home, and Samson's wife was given to one of his companions who had attended him at the feast. Samson's Vengeance on the Philistines, Judges 15, 1-20, 1080 B.C. Later on, at the time of wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat and went to visit his wife. He said, I'm going to my wife's room, but her father would not let him go in. I was so sure you hated her, he said, that I gave her to your companion. Isn't her younger sister more attractive? Take her instead. Samson said to them, This time I have a right to get even with the Philistines. I will really harm them. So he went out and caught 300 foxes and tied them tail to tail in pairs. He then fastened a torch to every pair of tails, lit the torches, and let the foxes loose in the standing grain of the Philistines. He burned up the shocks and standing grain together with the vineyards and olive groves. When the Philistines asked, Who did this? They were told Samson the Timnite's son-in-law because his wife was given to his companion. So the Philistines went up and burned her and her father to death. Samson said to them, since you've acted like this, I swear that I won't stop until I get my revenge on you. He attacked them viciously and slaughtered many of them. Then he went down and stayed in a cave in the rock of Etam. The Philistines went up and camped in Judah, spreading out near Lehi. The people of Judah asked, why have you come to fight us? We have come to take Samson prisoner, they answered, to do to him as he did to us. Then 3,000 men from Judah went down to the cave in the rock of Etam and said to Samson, Don't you realize that the Philistines are rulers over us? What have you done to us? He answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. They said to him, We've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. Samson said, Swear to me that you won't kill me yourselves. Agreed, they answered. We will only tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and led him up from the rock. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him shouting, 
the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. The ropes of his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Then Samson said, With the donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. With the donkey's jawbone, I have killed a thousand men. When he finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone, and the place was called Ramoth Lehi. Because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord, You have given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Then God opened up a hollow place in Lehi, and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned, and he revived. So the spring was called in Hakor, and it is still there in Lehi. Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. That's the end of the reading for April 4th. Well, you've got all kinds of uh, just some strange and interesting things. You've got Jephthah's vows, which is very hard to understand. Uh, you've got some other people becoming judges that aren't, we don't really have much information about them. Uh, but then you've got this major section here, few chapters of Judges with Samson. You've got the birth of Samson. So you've got um, Israel disobeying. You've got God delivering them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. And then he decides, I'm going to bring up Samson as a Nazarite with these vows, and I'm going to deliver Israel. But you've got all these other details of what happened um, and the commitment on the part of the parents and then Samson growing up and Samson basically going off the going off the deep end, I suppose, off the trail, um, wanting a wife, not from his own people. And then, um, you know, getting in trouble and and uh, bad things happening. But Here's the thing that's all through this that's very interesting. Even in his um, vengeance of the Philistines and even in his sins, God decided, I'm going to use Samson to deliver Israel of the Philistines' hands. Now, there are obviously consequences here for Samson's disobedience all throughout um, that eventually is going to lead to his death. But even through Samson's failures, God delivered his people. And he had him rule, I think it says, for 40 years. Uh, so to me, what really stands out is God's use of sinful people, God's use of imperfect people, God's use of people like me. If God chooses to use us to whatever extent, he's going to do what he needs to do, even though we might fail and will fail, even if we turn away from him. Um, and yet we have this opportunity to, to honor him, to serve him, to be used by him. We don't have to go to the way of Samson and others who turn away from him, receive all kinds of consequences. But in the end, this is really about God. And in all these stories, it's really about God. God is faithful to himself. He is faithful to his promises. He is faithful to his people. And he uses people, even as sinful as Samson, to accomplish his will. Father, thank you for your word. Some of these stories, Father, I don't understand. And yet, all throughout it, you are accomplishing your will. You are 
um, setting your standard. You are using sinful people. Uh, you do discipline them. You do bring discipline upon your people. And yet the main thing you wanted, Father, is for them to follow you. And you chose to use your people to deliver your people and to give them peace for a certain amount of time. And so I thank you, Father, that even in my life, your will is going to be accomplished. You are going to do what you've planned to do. But Lord, I pray that I will stay constantly um, in, a, in a mindset of following you and worshiping you and not going my own way. And may that be true today. In Jesus' name, amen.